Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Gary Armstrong and today I'm joined by Record Sports writer Michael Gannon and Anthony Haggerty. On the pod today, we look back on last night's impressive victory over Zenit, we'll analyse where it went right for the hoops in the Europa League tie, and we'll discuss if Celtic have done enough to progress to the next round. Also, we'll give our predictions ahead of Sunday's match against St Johnston. Will Brendan Rodgers' men get back to winning ways in the Scottish Premiership? So, only one place to start, guys. Last night's 1-0 win against Zenit at Parkhead. Mick, how positive a night was this for Celtic? It was pretty huge, actually. I think I think Celtic needed a big European night at home. I mean, um, obviously the great result in Anderlecht and they got to the group stage of the Champions League was a great achievement. But you could get a sense that they needed a, a big night, a big scalp. Um, and they got it last night. The atmosphere was terrific. Performance was fantastic. Um, fully deserved. Um, I think it was something they were crying out for, that, that, that kind of big European win. It's their first win post-Christmas in Europe for 14 years. Uh, to put it in context, the last, time, the last time they won after Christmas in a knockout tie was against Barcelona in 2004. So it was, it was a huge achievement. Uh, Knowledge. Oh, bomb. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> they don't expect here. anything less. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I'd done that before the game last night when I wrote it. <laughs> um, but it's actually, it's put it in context. Yeah, it's a shame that it was after the event. But um, just to put it in context, it's a huge result for Celtic and a great performance. Yeah, and Brendan Rodgers had talked a lot before uh, about keeping it defensively solid, keeping a clean sheet. What did you think of Celtic tactically last night, Tony? I think that's what will have pleased Brendan Rodgers most of all. Because I think the, the lead up to this game, there was a whole load of negativity, saying that Zenit would come and maybe take two or three off Celtic. The fact that they've kept a clean sheet, they're taking a leap to defend uh, over to Russia uh, for next week's tie, uh, is... It was a perfect night for Celtic, really. The only gripe would be that they could maybe have been further ahead in the tie. But that's, that's kind of nitpicking. But tactically, he got it spot on. Uh, his choice of playing uh, Ibuhu Kawasi in there, or Kawasi Ibuhu, whatever way he likes to say his name. Best game in a Celtic jersey. Uh, Sham was terrific as well. McGregor was a big call over Masonda, but then the two of them combined for to give Celtic that slender advantage for next week. But yeah, you you could see why he did it, and the way they the way they pressed the whole night was terrific. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, it couldn't have the only it couldn't have gone any better in terms of the result. Michael said they needed a big night last. All you could ask for was maybe more goals at, at a bigger advantage. Yeah, we'll come on to some of the individual performances in a bit. Do do you think do you think one nil was a fair reflection, or do you think? I mean, Brend, Brendan Rodgers said after he was asked in the press conference. Should you have won by by two or three? And he said, "Let's not be greedy here. Let's just accept what we've got." So I, I think with with, with twenty five minutes to go, I think even at that point, I think before the game especially, I think Celtic would have snapped the hand off for nothing each draw. To be honest with you, um, I mean Zenit are a, a proper side. I mean they've got a huge budget. 
wage bill is, I mean, it's 100 million plus. Um, they're, a, they're a Champions League side that happens to be playing in the Europa League this year. Um, and, I, and I think Celtic, and even most Celtic punters, by the way, that I think might have taken 0 now to give themselves something to go into the second leg out there. 1 0. Okay, I think I think they deserved at least one 0 I thought the first half they had a few chances. The game had the momentum had slightly gone into the game second half until Masonda came on. We got the goal. Um, I think Brendan Rodgers would be delighted to take any lead over there. Um, but I'd say they could have got two or three, but I think I think one would be, be was pretty satisfying given the fact I think Tony touched on it. Most of us thought it was going to be a tough night. I think we've seen the games, especially at home in, in Europe against decent sides. I thought, can this Celtic defence keep a clean sheet? And I don't think many of us would have bet on that happening. Um, <laughs> myself included. Well, um, I actually... So to keep a clean sheet against them was a big... They're the biggest... They're the top scorers in the competition yeah. up till last night. And conversely, De Vries made a great save in the first half, you know, to keep the scoreline yeah. blank. So he's played his part as well in that and then he plucked one out of the air very confidently when... They, they, they had settled. They, they, they had settled. They had settled for 0-0. Yeah. Half an hour ago, they had settled for 0-0. And Celtic had not settled, because obviously Masonda couldn't throw on as it was a statement of intent, but it looked as though they, were, they were, weren't too distressed with nothing else either. And the goal was a bonus. And I know there was a lot of negativity in the lead-up to the tie, but I, I genuinely thought Celtic could get a result, because they were coming out of cold storage after two or three months. And I don't care how many friendlies you play. You can't replicate that. But so we're looking forward to Moscow and they, what they, be, they beat Nice in, in France yeah, yeah. So, I, I know that yeah, yeah. I, I, and I get all that but Nice six, went down yeah. to 10 men yeah Moscow come back into it you know so but I just felt that Celtic could get a result I was I was positive about that uh, Kiev, Kiev got a result as well didn't they in Athens so, yeah. uh, so I mean it's, I, I know what you mean yeah I but I, I just think that you can't replicate a night like that by playing no, I agree. I, I, t- I did, did actually look. And the first twenty look, minutes looked a bit and, rusty. And Neil Lennon in the studio last night said that he, they were one of the poorest teams he'd actually seen come to Parkhead yeah. and, and play a European tie. You can argue if that was the case or not, but I, I think a lot of Celtic supporters would, would have thought that Zenit would have offered more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more. I think de- definitely a factor. Assembled side, you know, with the winter breaks. But you, you talk about a lot of people being surprised with the performance. Well, I had a look at the writers' predictions this morning. <laughs> we had ten of them online. Only two predicted a win. Uh, Darren Cooney was the one to get it spot on, one nil. I see that you two didn't put your predictions down, well, so you I would have gone for one nil. Obviously, I, it just wasn't uh, published. I, <laughs> I would have predicted probably a Celtic win. I might have went for two one because I thought it would score. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I wasn't asked. I must have been off for. Yeah, I was I was on the road unfortunately, but um, my prediction will remain to me my bookie. <laughs> <laughs> and there's only one of us happy this morning. Yeah, and the bookie's happy. Yeah, there's only one time in Bentley. And uh, moving on, just uh, to Brendan Rogers' comments after the game, uh, he talked about a golden future uh, for Celtic in terms of the number of youngsters that played. So we're going to look at some of the individual performances. We'll start with the main man, Callum McGregor, last night, stunning goal. Uh, great play by Musonda and Dembele in the build-up to it. That's he's had a bit of an up and down season because he started on fire. You remember he, he scored a couple of goals against Hibs, one against Johnston at home to rescue the draw. He's been on the bench the last couple of games, and last night was his first goal since the one against Bayern. Was it a bit of a surprise for him to start last night for you guys? Major surprise for him coming in in place of Musonda because you would have thought that that was why Musonda was brought from Chelsea to play in these in these kind of games. Uh, McGregor's obviously uh, he, he's obviously learned from being on the bench and, 
it's been a good thing for him because he came out last night and he looked as if he had a point to prove. You know that he should be back in the team, and he was terrific from the get go. And his goal, I mean, watch his goal again. The technique for his goal was nothing short of sublime. You know, if Lionel Messi or someone scores that, we'd be shown it umpteen times and repeat on Sky Sports or whatever. But it's a brilliantly crafted goal. The move, the move, superb. And also, I think Charlie Masonda got it last night. That he's, he's, he's actually joined a big, big club because his own personal celebration, because he was at the other side. Yeah. He, he was just chuffed that he'd actually, you know, he, he'd done something audacious and it came off. Yeah. And I think the Celtic fans now want to see more of that because the boy's got a bag of tricks in his locker, you know, and it, that that pass for McGregor, it was, it was like a five-a-side pass almost, you know? Yeah. No, it lofted over the defence and be cheeky, you know? Yeah, even watching it on TV or in the stadium, you didn't really see that coming. It wasn't a natural no. pass to make. He just... So ahead of a, a lot of people. Of and yeah. There's also technique involved in it, and then technique with the finish, you know. So from it was a great move involving Dembele as well. But from the moment Masonda picked it up and floated it over to McGregor, it was just it's a brilliant goal, a brilliant crafty goal. And Mick was there and saw it live. So. We spoke. We spoke to Calm after the game. The thing that got me about McGregor's performance: the goal was terrific. But I said to him after the game, I said, "How did you have the energy to get in there and swing your foot at it? Because I mean, the work he put in last night." Right from the first whistle. His job, I mean, he's played a kind of almost a number 10 role last night, but it wasn't a kind of um, uh, kind of playmaker number 10. It was almost like that. He was the lead man in the press. So he was the one running down the, the, the blind alleys, chasing down defenders all night. And I thought, I actually got to about 55 minutes, 60 minutes. I thought, no way he can keep doing this because he, he was absolutely running himself on the ground. And he was putting under pressure and they didn't like it as a net defence. The amount of times they lost the ball coming out. Was um was was quite surprising, um. But I mean, he got the rewards. I mean, he's still busting a gut getting the box, and the finish was absolutely yeah, terrific. And, and the irony is, the, the natural change would probably have been Masonda for McGregor. Yeah. So it was interesting. That, I, I'm uh, not surprised he started McGregor not, though because of that Rogers, pressing. Yeah. Rogers kept him on. Yeah. You know, and, and as you said, it was a bit of a statement of intent because, uh, yeah, they would have been delighted with no no. But I think Brendan even at that stage thought this game's here for the taking. Which is why Masonda came on in the, in the pressure. Yeah, but I'm not surprised McGregor started because he has in European games he has went with McGregor because of that energy. Because sometimes you don't have the ball. A lot of time you don't have the ball. Whereas in Scotland, obviously, you have possession yeah. 80% of the time. Whereas in Europe, it's all the round. And guys like McGregor will run all day. And when we do get a touch on the ball, he's got quick feet. He can up, make a pass, he can burst it in the box, and he can get you a goal. Um, and he paid his manager's faith. But it is fair to say he has been off the boil. I just think he's maybe benefited from. Having a rest I think these games. I think drops, these games you know, some, Tony. Yeah, of course. I don't, I don't think he's a natural builder of possession and, and a kind of that kind of playmaker. Yeah. Like like Stuart Armstrong, perhaps when he's when he's fit. Um, I think he's he is more of a kind of, a, kind of a, a worker. I don't mean that in a, a, a negative sense. Uh, but he's he's got a pass in him. He's got quick feet. He can move quickly when he gets the ball. He's not a guy who'll slowly build possession and take it out and back in again and all that stuff. But he'll hit teams hard. Yeah. When it matters, and I think that's why he's been called on yeah. in European games, and he's also got an eye for goal. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, and he, yeah. And he, and he, he can be quite composed in those situations. Yeah. Which that, I think that, he's, I think ideal for how many many players were snatched. I think that. I think Kilmeny is ideal for Scotland in a lot of games as well. I think that that's similar yeah. kind of role. I think he'd be perfect for Scotland um, to do that kind of similar kind of job because a lot of teams in Scotland are playing against better teams. They'll need to do the same kind of thing, uh, and he's made for it. But, yeah. but you said he, he certainly justified the manager's faith in selecting him. 
Yeah. And if you watch the goal in slow motion, the actual technique he had to time it perfectly oh, yeah, just yeah. bounced off the turf that, and he yeah, got yeah. over it. It was a fantastic finish. Another surprise starter, perhaps, Abui Kouassi. But is that possibly his best performance so far? Not in, possibly. In green and white. Was, I think it was. Uh, I thought I was really... I, I, I like Kouassi. Uh, I know he's not played much, but anytime I see him, I thought there's a player there. He's still young. I mean, he's, he's still only 19, 20 years old. Came all the way... Uh, all right, he's been via Russia. Um, but it's been difficult for him to settle in. But I think there's a player in there. I think he's seen it last night. He's, um, he was, I thought he was terrific. I'm going to say something here. He reminds me very much of the way Victor Wanyama was when he came. He's raw. The ingredients are there. He just needs to channel it the right way. Because he was lucky that he didn't get sent off for the lunge was two feet off the ground late in the game, just prior to Brendan Rodgers substituting him when he, when he got the booking. And that's the bit of his game that he has to work on because he's dived on a couple of times when he's played. I think that was fitness. I think he was. T- I think. I think it was tiredness. Yeah, it, yeah. We saw him after the game. And he was like a ten man. He was. Yeah, whatever yeah, it is, you know, he's not he, enough. Yeah, yeah, he has to work on that. But there is a player there, and and Wanyama was the same when he came. He was big. He was powerful. But by goodness, he was raw. But it's, uh, and he's gone to Spurs with all those rough edges have been knocked out of him because when he left Celtic, he still had a lot of rough edges and. I think Kouassi is the same. I think he can go down the same route once he finds his feet. And there is a player there, as Michael says, but he needs all those rough edges smoothed out. You know, Last night's game could be a big turning point for him and his Celtic career. It should be, and he should look upon that as the turning point for him to move forward now. And your man in the match, Mick, was Olivier and Cham. He he did have a great game. Some people criticised his set-piece delivery, um, it was sort of consistently poor throughout the match, but aside from that, he was just a, a unit in midfield for Celtic. I thought it was terrific. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really impressive. I thought um, it, I mean, he chased down, hassled, harried, but he was also he was cool with the ball. He was. He, he didn't give much possession away. I thought he was. Um, I thought him and Brown were, were immense in there. But I think we're, we're starting to see Cham come on to a game. I mean, when he arrives with a big price tag. I think people think he's going to be curling balls in the top corners every week. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but he's he's not quite done that. Um, but he was unlucky. He was unlucky in the first half with that one. He does love a shot, man. You, 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 you know, and he, and he, he, and he can. He probably drives strikers mental when he's having goes from 40 yards off. He does have a decent but, um, strike, but as you say, he needs to. But I think he was good. I thought he was, I thought he was, he was, it was a mature performance. I mean, he's had some ups and downs in Europe. I think, I mean, you think the first 20 minutes in Anderlecht, when he came onto a game after, the, after the, when he set up the goal, um, he's but he's he's starting to show his, his quality. I think recently the one thing that Brendan Rodgers always talked about when you get into Europe was possession and, and keeping the football. Sham can do that. He he, has, he rarely wastes a ball. He's very composed and he is a talented, talented footballer. You know, and again another one who will get better and better through time. But last night was one of those games where it, it fell into place for him as well. And he looked every inch the four million quid player that Celtic had believed had signed, you know. And and another another one who the more and more he plays, he's shown a, a lot of maturity. Realizes and the penny's dropping. This is what I need to do. And I think he, he did last night. He, he showed his class a wee bit last night, Sham. And he, he should be very chuffed with his display. But again, he now has to go and replicate that, not just once, for for the rest of his Celtic career, basically, you know. Yeah, I thought he was really good alongside Scott Brown, who was my man in the match. I mean, we were talking about it just before. He had a magnificent sort of Cruyff turn 
at the end, drawing a foul, drawing a booking, but he was just, I felt he was at his best in terms of keeping game management and keeping the team composed. Do you know the thing about Scott Brown? Scott Brown does this every week. Scott Brown's a 9 out of 10 player almost every week. It's a shrug of the shoulders for the Celtic supporters. It's what he does, but nobody does it better than Scott Brown. He's been the beating heart of that team for the past decade. You know, and it's got to that stage. So, you know, and, and I'm astounded and astonished every year that Scott Brown is named as a shout for player of the year. Could be this year. I thought he'd, yeah, I said he's a bit spooked. I don't know. I don't know if if if, if his reputation is going before him, Scott Brown, because I read some of the Russian media and they're talking about Scott Brown being this warrior who, who gets his head shaved and all that stuff and, yeah. and um, doesn't like selfies and they kind of paint him as this kind of warrior figure. And I, I, I did get the impression they were a wee bit spooked by him. There's a couple of early challenges and you think I, I don't know if he finds it. But you know almost what, like this reputation of being some sort of... But do you know what people forget? People actually forget he's a talented footballer. Yeah, And I yeah. think too much to the surprise. But he plays, surprise. Up, he, he plays up on well, that. Of course he, obviously, he plays yeah. to the gallery yeah. on that, that yeah. kind of stuff. And, and, and why wouldn't you? But yeah. then people are actually you know, blinded by his ability. They think, this guy can play. You know, and, and, and it becomes just a shock to them. I don't know why. Because as I say, he's been... The, yeah. He's been a beating hard mm. on that team for 10 years. Well, Stephen Gerrard said recently he was his hardest opponent, so I suppose that's, that's a label enough. I don't yeah. know if that seeped into the Zenit psyche, because <laughs> they seem to be a little bit spooked by him. But uh, I don't know, but, uh, but he was, but he was terrific. He was terrific, and again, you're asking for your captain to step up to the plate on these occasions at all times, and, and, he, and he has done so. And, and, and again, people do shrug their shoulders. It's just what he does, it's become an accepted norm but we, we could have this conversation every week I suppose couldn't we yeah. about Brown so yeah and moving on to the forward line so Moussa Dembele was back to his best last night for you the one thing that was missing from Moussa Dembele's performance last night was a goal and mm. especially the one where McGregor squared it across the face yeah, right. you, see if you have to tell a striker that's where you should be then there's something still lacking there and that's why nobody's come in with 20 million Neil Lennon called it a goal ball it is a goal goal. Yeah, you, know what, Tony, you should be there. That's, you know, mean, we, did, we discussed last night, right? but see if you look at a lot of um, Dembele's goals for Celtic, right? A lot of them are players hitting the byline and Dembele will check yeah. and there's a cutback. Yep. I think Dembele was waiting for the cutback and, and then the ball was whipped across the face and he's been going in one direction and he couldn't get the other direction. I, I maybe so, Michael, but so yeah, many of his goals have yeah, came yeah. from cutbacks. And I, and I get that. I think you've told got, to do that. You've got, yeah, possibly, but you've got to anticipate I mean, that. You can't be in there the ball because got a bit behind you. No, no, but... You've got to be in there. Look, well, he can't be both places. But he never, he never, he never checked for a cutback. He just I think he did. He wasn't in position. No, he didn't. I think, so, he, so I think you're was, blaming the, the midfielder. Anything. I don't know who no, it was. No, I just think if you look at if you look at if you look at a lot of, a, an awful lot of his goals have come from these cutbacks. And I think he's half a mind thinking this ball's need. I need to check. And he didn't commit to the hit the front post or backboard. He should be committing then. He didn't check. He didn't. He didn't check, and he didn't wait for a cutback. He just wasn't there. He wasn't anticipating. Well, he can't even shoot place at one time. I'm not asking him to be in two places. What you asking him to be with the ballers? Well, he doesn't. He thinks the ball's going back. He didn't. He didn't think. He didn't do anything. He no, just stood. He was caught in his I would, heels. I would think it'd be harsh to kind of criticise him. No, no um, I'm, I'm saying that was the one thing that he, he should have got a goal last night. Was right. I, I can, I I can understand why he wasn't here. What I can't understand wasn't why he wasn't there. I should have said at the start of the show that we get Savage and Sutton on today. One of the Savage. I'm not having the oh, checking a lot of his goals. I don't care, but he should be in there. He's no, a striker. If, you, if, you, if you're a striker, you're naturally instinctive to follow the ball and be in where it hurts. If you score a ball of the goals from cutbacks, you have half a mind thinking this might come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. I don't think so. You're naturally instinctive to be in, in there where that ball's going. I'm sorry. I, I, 
completely. Well, I agree with the 20 million pound mid uh, set of forward. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've said that's why. Well, what have I said? That's why there's that 20 million pound bid's not come in yet. So. Moving on, his uh, replacement, uh, Edward, he was only on for 50 minutes, but he did well. Uh, very good hold up play just when they needed it. So he's maybe an option for, for Rodgers in these types of games in the closing stages. And another one who could have scored. When he went on that wee kind of amazing drinking run, and I don't know, maybe a wee bit more composure, or maybe he just got too excited and forgot that the ball was at his feet, you know what I mean, and then fouled the, the Zenit defender. But a wee bit more composure in that situation, he could have got a second goal because he was, you know, in the box like a train, so get a shot of it, you know. Yep, and also that the, the uh, centre centre back pairing, Iron Simunovic, obviously we've talked endlessly about Celtic's defence this season but I thought as a pairing they were really good both in last ditch defending and also bringing the ball forward as well mate. They were, I thought they were terrific, I think, I think having Lustig in there as a three helped them having that experience um, there was a wee hint last weekend, Brendan Rodgers mentioned about the, after Simonovic had chucked in a couple against Thistle, um, I think he said oh, maybe the big occasion will help them focus and I think that did play a factor, I think they were more switched on um, I'll be honest, I still got misgivings. I'm still not quite convinced. Um, I can see the potential in Ayer. I don't think I don't think he's a midfielder. I know he, I know he was originally. I don't think he's quite enough pace to be a midfield player. Uh, so I think centre back is where, where it'll be long term. But I still think positionally, I think having Lustig there helps him positionally. Um, but last night he didn't put a foot wrong. I thought he was terrific last night. So there is there is a player there. But I say I have had misgivings. There's been a few European games when it's, it's shut your eyes time, but, uh, but I thought he was great last night. I think one of the last podcasts we did, we spoke about Ayer and we touched upon the fact that he still thinks like a midfielder. Yeah. No, he still wants to take touches and, you know, stroll it's forward not even, it's and, not even and, 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 and be like Franz Beckenbauer, you know, but first and foremost, he's a defender and he, he has to learn quickly that, he, again, Michael, he, he was terrific last night. That, that's arguably his best game in a Celtic jersey as well, but I just think as a defender, he, take risks and a couple of times last night he took risks and got away with it just by the way the game uh, was going you know I think no, I think I don't mind the ball at his feet I don't think there's a problem with that I think he's no, encouraged I, to do that and I think I, I'm, Lola, not, I'm not saying he's not um, a ball player but Abbott, my misgivings are more in uh, the old Mark Robert line about pitch geography <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes he, he looks up and you, you can see him doing it and you're, you're looking around and he thinks I'm not meant to be in this part of the pitch at this point in time uh, but that you know what he's only played 20 games in the centre half so it's, it'll come, uh, yeah, it yeah. will come eventually. But also uh, and it helps having Lustig alongside, I think, talking them through it. Because there is times when there's been European games when he's been, when he might be a bit lost. But that's, that'll come I, to experience. I think that's also the fact that you're a midfielder, you go, he's got to learn. wander with the ball. You'll yeah. need to learn the role. You know, you're correct. You yeah. know, he, he, la- he needs to learn that he's not a midfielder anymore. So you can't go chasing the ball with your eyes wandering to the yeah. ball. You know, you're now in a central defensive position where first and foremost you have to defend. You want to be a footballer, fine, but don't take unnecessary risks. But again, going back to his, his own display last night, he was terrific and and they kept a clean sheet. So I think uh, that says it all. Yeah, again, easy to be critical um, and analytical of these guys, but he's another youngster, part of the uh, golden future that Brendan talked about. Yeah. Um, so moving on then, oh, I, we've touched on it. What did you make of Zenit and Next week on Thursday, obviously Celtic go to St Petersburg. What worries should Celtic have that they maybe learnt from last night 
What what do you think Zenit? What threat can Zenit pose for you? I think the main you have to be the main problem. You have to be. You have to think they'll be better than they were last night. Um, they simply have to be. I mean, I think. I mean, I thought they were pretty poor. I thought they were. They weren't as good as Anderlecht. Who I thought they be. I thought they'd be a, a class above Anderlecht. To be honest with you, you look at things like wage bills and all that stuff. But um, that, listen, it's not the Zenit team of. Hulk and Arshavin, or even about even before then, the team that beat Rangers ten years ago in the final. Um, there's a lot of Russian players in that team, and it's not exactly a golden generation of Russian football at the moment. Um, so you can get clouded by the finances uh, against the actual ability. Given what we've seen last night, they looked rusty. They didn't look particularly pacey. Quite physical, quite strong. De- listen, decent in the ball. They're a good. Listen, they're a good side. Not, no, I think they'll be a decent side, and I think they will be a different position out there. It's going to be a tough night. What Celtic need to do is avoid having another Beersheba Astana night yeah. when it, it can get. I mean, listen, they got through those nights only, only because they had huge leads from the first leg. Yeah. Can't afford to have another one of those kind of nights if the pressure does come on, um, which I think that they also will go for it. Um, so they have to be more resolute than they have been in those kind of games, because um, there's going to be periods when they're under under the cosh. Um, so it's going to be a huge test. I would still have Zenit as favourites to go through the tie. By the way, um, I don't think Mancini was particularly stressed about a one goal deficit going back to Russia. So I, w- I would still have them as f- f- slight favourites to go through the tie. So it's going to be interesting out there. I I'd agree with that. I think they, they possibly are slight favourites given Celtic's travel sickness, you know and. On Sean to explode and have a crazy twenty minutes where they can well, see always goals and bunches and some of these games, yeah, two and three yeah. goals at a time, you know. But conversely, a goal for Celtic, you, I just don't see Zenit scoring three. Do you if think Celtic that can get an away goal? I've got to be honest, I could be wrong in that. So, but I think that that's what Celtic should be concerning themselves with trying get an away goal. Do you think Celtic have to score in Russia to go through? Yeah, I do. I, I'm, I, I'm not. Convinced that they'll keep another clean sheet. I think Zenit will be a, an entirely different proposition, but I, I, I agree with Michael to an extent. I, I, they were poor; they were very flat, you know. And and, and, and I just think that it's hard to turn it on, you know, push the accelerator again when you've had such a long lay off. Yeah, they'll be a week fitter, but will a week make that much of a difference? You know, I, I'm not so sure. They might fancy they'll fancy their chances in, the, in, in their own backyard, but I, I think they. they Zenit will be slight favourites, but I think Celtic will now fancy their chances and a lot more optimism about advancing this tie than I was, you know, prior. To the, well, to plenty, the tie, plenty of know? us thought they'd be going to Russia. Yeah. They're lucky to be still going to play for. I think a lot of people would be feared that the you tie know? would be tie would be done and dusted yeah. by the by the first leg. That's um, something you talked about last week, Mick. It was just about keeping the tie I, alive. Was I think the phrase yeah, you used. I think a lot of people are taking no nil get out there and hope for the best. Um, I think now. I think it'd be good for, for Celtic to go out there and have a, a nothing each draw, completely nuke the game. I don't think I don't think that's the way Celtic can particularly play. And I think um, they might have played like that had they been two nothing up. You know, they might have went out and just spoiled spoiled the game. Yeah, you know? but then the, the, and, 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 it, and it, it's not like them to play like that. But that change when you say needs must. They have gone in the big I mean, games. They've had leads before. Um, they've maybe struggled a wee bit. Um, like you say, the standard of Beersheba. Even the underleg, the turn leg, I mean, that, that became a two-legged affair. Yeah, underleg yeah. got parkhead, and they didn't quite know how to play against underleg yeah. at home and end up doing kind of, didn't really attack or defend or just kind of 
pretty poor flat performance. They don't have that kind of lead this time. No, I know it's I a one-goal lead, which is, which is not a lot, but they have got that advantage of now going away. Yeah. Now flips and they've got the advances. They can kick a goal out there. Yeah. Then it's uh, like you say, they can score three. it's possibly better that they're not in a sticker twist. You're saying you can't see Zenit scoring three. Listen, I've now been at quite a few of these games where it could be anything. Well, and you know, yes. I, I, sat, I sat in a stander, watching it like 5-0 up, thinking... Surely not. This is four uh, one. Uh, you had your match report filed, and then four one. You're thinking this. This is actually going to happen now. And then they scored a couple of goals. Well, so it's up four will, three. So you never know. I was working on the premise that if Celtic scored first, I don't think that Zenit would score three. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but then they scored. Nick, Nick, there we go. They yeah. go fairly early this time. Two one, and it was still end up the night of very true. Right, so I know you two were gutted to miss out in the predictions for last night. So Tony, are Celtic going to go through? Yeah, I'm going to tip Zenit to one two one. Celtic to go through and away goals. I think um, I think if we're looking for our Scottish sides to fly the flag, I should go. I should back against them, given that given my, 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 the jinx that I usually apply. Um, I think they've got a great chance. I say I still have. I'm still concerned that they've got more to, more to offer over there. Um, so I think they will score. I think if Celtic can get away with a two one defeat out there and get through away goals, I think that would be, be huge and. That's perhaps. I think that has to be your game plan. Yeah, I think that that's achievable. Yeah. So, can you give us any insight, Mick, on your your trip coming up to to Russia and what uh, what are the team's plans for next week? It doesn't it's for, for Celtic. I mean, it sounds particularly like a daunting away away trek, but it's actually not too bad. I mean, Celtic will go Wednesday afternoon. It's a three and a half hour flight to St Petersburg. Lap of luxury, they're taking the big, the big fancy jet. Again. Are you going with them? The big fancy jet? Absolutely not. No, we're not on the big fancy jet. Just hopefully we're, they detain Michael. We're on the sleazy jet. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, I think our visa. That's the first point. I don't think we get one of them. Um, so no, we're we're flying. Uh, we're, we're heading out early on Tuesday. But we've got a slightly longer trek than the team have got. But for them, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be pretty easy. They'll stick to British time. I think they do when they go. I think it's three euro difference. It's not. It's not particularly bad. So kick off time would be nine o'clock over there. Six o'clock back here, so it's fine. There's not going to be any issues in terms of time differences or traveling. So I think they, it, the only problem I think we've heard is, is perhaps the cold. Might be, might be, might be time for the, the Under Armour gear and all that stuff. Short Neymar wearing, and gloves. Well, Neymar was wearing tights that night, wasn't he, in Madrid? <laughs> uh, so I think I think there could be some some long joins required because it's, I think the night time is going to be about minus ten, but there's a wind chill uh, that doubles it. I think it's minus twenty, but it's in the arena's indoors. It's got a, it's got a roof. So I'm hoping the roof's closed and they've got three bars turned on. That, <laughs> that looks absolutely Baltic. And plenty of 50p, please, for the meter. Like, it's, li- it's literally Baltic out there. <laughs> There's a small matter of um, St Johnston on Sunday for Celtic. So the last league out in Celtic had was a defeat to Kilmarnock. Do you expect Celtic to get back to winning ways in the league on, on Sunday when they host St Johnston, who they struggled against earlier in the season? I know this was a long time ago. It was back in August, a one-all draw. They did, and, and, but there's been a major momentum shift with both teams. Celtic will be lifted by that result uh, on Thursday night, but St Johnston seem to be a team in free fall who, who can't score goals. And a lot of people are uh, saying that it's a, a season too far for Tommy Wright's squad, you know, and the results would seem to, to bear that out, you know. And, and I've seen St Johnston a couple of times recently, and that's, that's their Achilles heel. They, they can't score, and they have got an aging side now. They've asked guys to go, go to the well too often, and I think it, you, can, you can see that they're 
position in the table. I think they're eighth, aren't they? They're eighth in the table. That that tells you everything you need to know about them at the moment. What kind of squad do you think Celtic will go with? Uh, bearing in mind the big the game in Russia on Thursday, will he rotate? I think they will, but remember, there's, they've got Celtic have got about ten players out just now, so the the capacity to rotate has been much reduced. I mean, it's still got a lengthy injury list. list. Um, it's going to be too soon for Patrick Roberts, Stuart Armstrong, Lee Griffiths, uh, obviously Boyata long term, Gordon long term. So I think there's there's not Rogic. You might see, you might see Tom Rogic getting a run out. I think he's he's quite close. Um, so there's not that much scope to to rotate, but. Um, I think, but I think, I think they probably should because I think. Well, I wonder if he'll be tempted to start with the side that finished last night. Yeah, against St Johnson, you know, the likes of Edward. I don't, I don't think Edward I don't, up front and Dembele uh, maybe rest him and uh, maybe let Musonda try and play his way into the team. Uh, I think having watched Kuasi leaving last night, I think he might have weekend off. I think he looked as though he was oh. struggling a little bit. Uh, it might okay. have just been. It might have stuff well, he was off as well, wasn't he? he? Was at that he point, was a, so a ten man. The team he was that, at the place. Was, well, that's what I'm saying. So um, he might start with the team that finished last night in Kuasi. Yeah. And uh, Dembele on the on the bench, you know. Yeah. He might keep them. For cold storage, but yeah, we, we don't have, have any cold that storage. We don't have that much scope. We don't really that much scope at the moment. Not at this moment, but St. Johnson. It's a good game for St. Johnson because I mean, they have been really, really toiling, but there's not that much expectations in this weekend, and they have proved in the past they can be really awkward yeah. for Celtic. They've got yeah. a, game, a game plan that, that does frustrate Celtic, so it's not a bad game for them this weekend. Tommy might relish it, actually. So I wouldn't be surprised if they made life difficult. Yeah. Um, so it could be a tough afternoon for Celtic, but st- you'd still expect we'll like to Jack win. Henry getting a run out on sun- Sunday. Um, I, think, I don't think he'll play the same. Like, I don't think he will do that. I think he'll, I think he'll see guys like Henry, maybe Rogic getting a run out. Um, as well, well, I know he wants to get Rogic some game time, but I don't know if he'll start him because Tommy's team's always coming for a straight life out there. Play a certain way. It's that streetwise tag uh, that there's a lot of energy involved in that, and I don't know if that's Rogic's up for that at the moment. You know, it might, it might do him a bit of good. Yeah, it might do him a bit of good. He might give him an hour and take him off. Or conversely, might give him the last half an hour. You know, yeah, I think you will see him at some point. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, that's all from us this week, Mick. We'll probably be dialing into you in St Petersburg next week. Are you looking forward to the trip? Um, it looks a fantastic place. It, be, it looks like a fantastic arena for football as well. So it's going to be brilliant, and it's it's not going to be the dull nil nil last year. It's going to be a a hectic harem scarem night. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audioboom to get a podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.